Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. To get more content and contacts from Skyway's team of former contracting officers, get a personal membership to the Skyway community. Visit skywaymember.com to learn more. Our topic today is excusable delays. Let's get started. Before we get this one started, we should explain that the topic today is excusable delays. And this has been a topic on our list of, of podcast topics for a long time. And it just so happens that excusable delays does not apply to podcasts. And in order to record this one, where are you right now, Kevin? I am sitting in my car in South Carolina because my house doesn't have power because my house went through Hurricane Irma. The uh, house is fine, <laughs> actually, according to the pictures. But, yeah, we're, we're having to uh, – this, this goes under the rule of the show must go on. So we're, we're figuring out how to make it work because we don't have a, a contract with everybody to say, oh, sorry, Hurricane, we're taking a week off. So, yeah, right. So we're recording, this, we're recording this just after Hurricane Irma blew through, and you live in Tampa, as we've mentioned many times. So you've evacuated and everyone's safe, everything's okay, but still no power back in Florida. So recording from the back of your car. This is my mobile studio. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. Which explains the fact that the sound is probably not going to be perfect in this episode. Maybe it's not ever perfect, but uh, please bear with us while you're listening is... If you hear birds or cars or whatever in the background, the backseat of a car is not the prime place to record a podcast. All right, let's get going with the excusable delays. It's clearly not possible to deliver everything on time every time. There are a lot of things during contract performance that get in the way of delivering on time, and it's generally the contractor's job to control all those things and deliver what's promised, whether it's products or services. The expectation is that delivery is going to happen no matter what. Like you said, it's a contractor's responsibility to just figure it out. Like hurricanes, though, there are things that drive us off track that we can't control. In the government contracting world, we call those excusable delays. Before we get any deeper into that, let's stop and say a quick thanks. First of all, that you and your family got through the hurricane okay. (laughs) And second... Thanks to Thurman Trotman. He's a a recent podcast listener, and he set up a podcast feedback session. And what was really cool is that he he referred to us as the manager tools of government contracting. And if you listen to podcasts, you've probably heard of the manager tools. It's a long, like 12 years that podcast has been around. It's actually a heck of a great compliment. It's kind of like saying that, you know, we've we've hit the legitimate podcasting world when we're the manager tools of government contracts. So thanks for that reference. Yeah, manager tools are kind of our heroes in this world. All right, back to excusable delays. Excusable delays are covered in part 49 of the FAR. And this is not a part of the FAR that you usually want to be talking about because it's terminations. FAR 49401B tells you that if you as a contractor can establish or it is otherwise determined that the reason that you couldn't deliver what you were supposed to deliver when you were going to deliver it is excusable, which means that it arose out of causes beyond your control or without fault or negligence of the contractor, the government can consider that you're not actually in default of your contract, and instead of terminating you for default, they can terminate you for convenience. And that difference is huge, because one says, you really screwed up, 
that's default, and we have a podcast about that. And then convenience says, eh, things didn't work out. There are a lot of other variables to it, but that's really what the difference is. So there's one type of clause that's inserted into the contract, 52249-14, that's called excusable delays, and this covered cost-type contracts. There's also separate termination clauses for the different types of fixed-price contracts, but each clause includes similar excusable delays language. So almost every contract type has some type of way out if bad things happen that are beyond your control as a contractor. So what type of delays could be considered excusable? The clause at 52249-14 tells us those. I ran out of gas. I had a flat tire. I, I didn't have enough money for cab fare. My touch didn't come back for the cleaners. An old friend came in from out of town. Someone stole my car. There was an earthquake. A terrible flood. Locust. It wasn't my fault, I swear to God. Okay, that's not from the FAR. What does the FAR give us? Examples of causes are acts of God or the public enemy actually says that acts of the government, either in sovereign or in contract capacity. And then things like fires, floods, epidemics, quarantine restrictions, strikes, freight embargoes. And the one that relevant today is unusually severe weather. Hurricanes usually count as unusually severe weather. Now, the trick here is that the failure to perform must be beyond the control and without the fault or negligence of the contractor. So for instance, if there was a fire in your factory, there, it's very likely that that could be considered an excusable delay and you won't be terminated for default if you can't deliver what you're supposed to deliver because your factory burned down. But if your employees were having an after-work party in the factory and they lit some barrel fires and the beer got flowing and somebody kicked over a barrel and it burnt down the whole factory. And then the fire department came and sprayed water on it. So there's a fire and a flood and the whole thing's trashed. What an image. That's yeah. That's probably your fault or negligence and it's not going to be an excusable delay. So it's just because there's a fire, that's not a, a get out of T for D free card. And, and really, these are, these are mostly things that are, are acts of nature, I think, with the exception of like a freight yeah. bargain. But really, it's, it's you know, things, things happen, things act upon you as opposed to you cause things to happen. And that's the argument you have to close. You have to be able to say, this, this happened to me just because of a bad set of circumstances I had no control over. That's what an excusable delay really is. And this also flows down to your subcontractors. If you had a subcontractor, a critical subcontractor that could not perform for you because of one of these things that are covered by the excusable delays clause, then you will not be terminated for default as the prime unless... And it's a big unless. Unless the subcontracted supplies or services were obtainable from somewhere else. So it's not just you have a critical supplier. If, if you could get it from somebody else and the contracting officer orders you in writing to go buy those from somewhere else and you didn't comply reasonably with that order to get them from somewhere else. If, if that happens, so if, if you could actually buy them from another contractor, the contracting officer said, stop relying on this contractor that's, subcontractor that's screwing it up. Go buy them somewhere else, and you didn't do it, then that might still be fault or negligence on your fault, and you could be terminated for default. So in other words, you're actively trying not to solve the problem. Exactly. 
Okay, let's touch base on the time zones. We're talking about execution time zones here. This is the performance zone, really. This is when you're performing on your contract. If you're unable to because of an act of God, act of nature, you may be terminated for convenience instead of default. Why is this so important, Kevin? If you fail to perform or deliver as required by your contract, you'll be terminated for default. And that's a bad thing. Right. That goes on your permanent record. This is this affects your CPARs. This affects past performance on future source selections. This is this is a black mark that doesn't really go away if you're terminated for default. It's like having a bankruptcy on your credit score. <laughs> right. But I think it might last longer than that. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's Eventually like, you're forgiven for a, a bankruptcy. <laughs> but if the reason for lack of performance is truly out of your control and you did everything you could to minimize the impact, then the contract could be terminated for convenience or you could be allowed to continue with a negotiated change. Both of those are much better than a termination for default. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, it's not a get out of jail free card, but the ability to be T for C, convenience, instead of T for D, default, that applies, these excusable delays clauses apply to almost every contract. And one really glaring example of the difference is that under termination for convenience, you're allowed to get paid for the cost it takes you to shut down the contract. T for D, you don't. That alone is a <laughs> huge, huge benefit. Let's get specific about why the government cares about excusable delays. As a CO, I still need to deliver for my user. The government customer still needs the contract to work. Right. Whatever they thought they were going to get, whether it was a supplier service, they still need despite the fact that there was a hurricane. And this could be a small impact, meaning it only affects one contract, or it could be a Hurricane Irma-sized impact where it affects you know thousands of contracts up and down the eastern seaboard is probably how this is going to play out. Right. Like I was talking about, if there's a fire in a factory – that could impact just one contract or just a few contracts that were depending on whatever that factory made. But when a hurricane, a big hurricane, slides right up Florida and right through the south, it impacts thousands of contracts. Like you said, it's a big deal. And this becomes the thinking part of the job. How do you manage these contracts? Is this, is this considered excusable delay? How do you do you keep the contract going and negotiate a change? Or do you do a T4C and start over? It's just not black and white. So I guess the lesson here is there's a lot of work ahead <laughs> of everybody on both sides and how to manage excusable delays. I should also mention at this point that it doesn't take a hurricane to cause an excusable delay. There's one bullet in the clause that talked about acts of government. Well, if you're supposed to deliver something to a base and it just so happens that the base is shut down, for an exercise for a week or the part of the base that you need to get on is shut down for an exercise for a week. And no one expected that when you built the contract schedule and built in your delivery date. It's likely that that's an excusable delay. And it might be a one week excusable delay, which doesn't cause a termination for default, doesn't cause a termination for convenience. It more likely results in a request for equitable adjustment and a negotiated settlement where you get paid for whatever whatever additional costs that you incurred that weren't expected. So we're talking about hurricane because it's fresh on our minds, but it's not always that dramatic. As a matter of fact, it's rarely that yeah. dramatic. Most excusable delays are more routine. Is that the right way to say it? Well, I think because things are going to happen. And, and this could be something like, using your example of the, the base being closed, it could be something that the contract ahead of the contract I have with the government 
they had a delay on that one. So the product that I needed to put on my system that's going to end up being part of the overall system isn't done yet, which isn't my fault, but it's an excusable delay. So there's an, and that's a contractual thing. So yeah, we're, you're right. We're, we're using Irma as this, this blanket sweeping hyperbole example, but in a day-to-day operations of government contracts, this happens at a much smaller scale, but understanding when it applies and when it doesn't is the key difference. From the industry side, this is this is where Murphy's Law kicks you in the teeth, right? If it can happen, it will. There's a lot of things that can happen and will happen that are your job as the contractor to manage. That's why program management is a profession, right? <laughs> it's not an easy job. But there are a ton of things that could happen that are not in your control. The trick, like you just said, Kevin, the trick from the industry side is if something happens that's beyond your control, the first thing you need to do as industry is notify the contracting officer that, hey, I'm not going to be able to meet the terms of my contract because of something beyond my control, and it's not my fault, and I wasn't negligent, and you need to be able to provide support to help the contracting officer understand that. Otherwise, you could be terminated for default. So just because something bad happens that out of your, that's out of your control – that doesn't get you out of it right away. You have to be able to provide support to, to allow the contracting officer to make that determination that it truly was out of your control. And there was nothing you could do to prevent it or be prepared for it. Yeah, and the strength of your evidence to show that is the art of contract management because you got to be able to say, here's all the evidence to show that this is out of my control because that's what the contracting officer wants to be able to put in their file to say, hey, this is why they, they delivered a month late and – you know, we didn't get any consideration, et cetera, because it was out of their control. This this story has to be told up their chain, too. So in the case of a hurricane like Irma, maybe just go to the Weather Channel, take a screenshot of the radar of the eye of the hurricane right over your town and s- send that. <laughs> that. That's probably going to count as, as support for an excusable delay. Yeah, and if you want those pictures, just go to my Facebook feed and you'll see them. Because <laughs> I was taking screenshots I, of it over my house. I'm the blue dot. This is not good. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's wrap this up, Kevin. Delays happen. Acts of God, things happen. And the question becomes, whose fault are they? Sometimes they're the government's fault. Sometimes they're industry's fault, in quotes. Sometimes they're the circumstances' fault. You couldn't control them. Excusable delays applies when it's the circumstances' fault. Things just happen. And this becomes the thinking part of the job because we've got to be able to work our way through the variables and say, based on these following facts, this is not something that the contractor or the government could have foreseen. Ergo, it's an excusable reason to not have things delivered on time. Yep. Just because there's a fire doesn't mean that there's an ex- that's an excusable delay. The contract that industry signs with the government requires industry to deliver. Sometimes these things – that we're talking about, get in the way of doing that. If that's the case, you may be able to negotiate a contract change instead of being terminated for convenience. You also may be able to be terminated for convenience if you are unable to deliver at all instead of terminated for default. And like we talked about, that is a big distinction. T for C is not a black mark on your record. T for D is a bad thing. Yeah, speaking of bad things, I'm sitting in the back seat of my car without the car running to keep the sound down, and there's no AC. So let's wrap this up. It's a hot and here. you're in South Carolina where it's still warm. <laughs> yeah. Folks, do not leave your Kevins in the car with the windows rolled up. It's probably against the law. <laughs> All right. 
Stay safe, Kevin. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, Paul. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks to our sponsor, Skyway Acquisition. Visit skywaymember.com to learn more. Thanks for joining us today. Excusable delays come about in the... the. Excusable at that.